See, the voice of God, it's, it's integral in our lives as believers. The voice of God is important to us. It's, it's the most important thing in our lives. If, if every other voice is drowned out, if every other voice is eliminated from my life, if, uh, if I can just hear a word from God, if I can just hear the voice of God speaking to my life, then, then I can have strength to face another day. I can, I can know which way to go. I can, I can hear that voice which is behind me saying, this is the way walk in it. I need to hear the voice of God. There's nothing no more important than hearing the voice of God in my life. There's nothing more important. I don't need to hear the voice of any celebrity. I don't need to hear the voice of any politician. I don't need to hear the voice of any professor or teacher or, or anybody else before I hear the voice of God. His voice must have the preeminence in our lives. The, the word, the voice of God, the expression of God, is, it's so powerful and it's so life-giving. The word of God, the expression of God, it's living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and joints and marrow and it discerns the thoughts and the intents of my heart. There's some things that God wants to change in my thinking and there's some things that God wants wants to help me with my motives, the thoughts, and the intents of my heart. I need the voice of God in my life. I need the voice of God in my life. I'm so thankful that he continues to speak. He's not some dead God. He's not some dry God. He's not some, some just, just a, a construction of wood or stone or an idol, but he is a living, moving, speaking God. He is speaking even in this room. He's, he was speaking all through the worship service. He's speaking when, when we go into our cars to go home. He's, he's always talking. He's always speaking to us. He's calling us. He wants to challenge us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to help us. He wants to comfort us. He wants to heal us. And it all is accomplished through the word of God. And I just want to focus in on, on one primary element of the voice of God that I find in scripture one aspect of it and it's found in Ezekiel chapter 43 and verse number one and verse number two and and the prophet Ezekiel wrote afterward he brought me to the gate the gate that faces toward the east out of the temple and behold the glory of God of Israel came from the way of the east and his voice was like the sound of many waters Everybody say many waters. His voice was like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory. That is an explanation, a, a description of the voice of God from the prophet Ezekiel. And then if you turn the page to the last book in your Bible, Revelation chapter 1, verse number 15, I hear an echo in Revelation from the book of Ezekiel when John describes uh, the, 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 what he was seeing. The, his feet were like fine brass as if refined in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters. The voice of God described twice in this fashion is, in, is intriguing to me. It's interesting to me. There, there's an incredible truth in the Bible that you can experience today. See, when we talk about the voice of many waters, we just kind of talked about how God is always speaking to us and he's trying to get our attention and he's encouraging us and he's comforting us. And, he's, and, and the Bible says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. 
But there is a reality that we find in Scripture that not only can we hear the voice of God, and it's not just those impressions that we feel from God. It's not just the thoughts and the, and the senses that we receive from God and those words that he gives to us to direct us and to correct us and to affirm us. The voice of God is not just to be heard, but the voice of God can speak through us. The voice that formed the world, that spoke the universe into existence, the, that voice is projected through each and every believer by the power of the Holy Ghost, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Touch your neighbor and say, did you know that God can speak through you? Did you know that God can speak through you? Yes, little old you. Yes, little old me with all of our failings and all of our faults and, and all of our issues and hang-ups as we turn our lives to God. He, we, he can speak through us. And I hear the voice of the prophets again in, in, in the middle of detailing judge, the judgment of God on the Hebrew nation and, and specifically the tribe of Ephraim and, and proclaiming judgment on the city of Jerusalem. It was the prophet Isaiah that included this little scripture at God's direction in Isaiah chapter 28 verse 11 when he says, with stammering lips and another tongue, he will speak to this people. That's the voice of the prophet that's the voice of God speaking through the prophet and proclaiming of a day that that with stammering lips and another tongue God will speak to his people and I hear an echo in Joel chapter 2 verse number 28 when the prophet rises and says it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your old men shall dream dreams your their young men shall see visions also upon my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out in those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. There's an outpouring of the Spirit prophesied in the Old Testament that was going to turn the world upside down. There's an outpouring of the Spirit from the prophet Isaiah and the prophet Joel that, 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 that was going to be multi-generational. It was going to be multinational. It was going to be multicultural. It was going to cross all socioeconomic boundaries. It was going to be for men and women. It was going to be for all flesh. I'm so thankful for the voice of God in the word that prophesies that this church is not going down. This thing is just going up. This thing is getting more and more exciting. This thing is just ramping up towards the end times. And I'm living in the end times. And if I've got a it shall come to pass that I can stand on that and get excited about it and step out in faith and believe for it and I can witness and talk to somebody about it because I know that it's going to happen because I know I know do it again in Fredericton what a history we have through the last 60 plus years here in this area. But God's going to do it again. Though this, this building's not going to hold the outpouring of the Spirit of God in this city. God's going to do it again. We're going to be busting out the back doors, multiple services, multiple everything. God's just going to do a mighty, mighty work. 
and he's already begun. He's already begun. Is anybody excited about that? He's already begun. And you're a part of that. You're a part of the fulfillment of prophecy. You're the part. It shall come to pass. And so we know that God is going to speak to his people with stammering lips and another tongue. We know that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. But the answer that lingers in scripture for many, many years is when. When is this going to happen? When is this going to be fulfilled? When was this outpouring of the Spirit going to come to pass? It was prophesied. It's going to happen. There's an outpouring of the Spirit of God. But when would it happen? Well, we find a clue in the Bible, in the New Testament, in John chapter 7, verse number 37, as Jesus was on the earth physically, as he was ministering on the earth. It tells us in John 7, 37, that on the last Last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. I'm going to obey scripture right now. I'm thirsty. If anyone thirsts, let him come unto me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. The voice of many waters. Rivers of living water. Rivers that cannot be quenched. Rivers that cannot be stopped. Rivers that are that overflow its banks. Rivers that, that it's at flood stage. Rivers that, that help us overcome our sinful desires. Rivers that lead us into a, a lifestyle of conviction. A lifestyle of separation. Rivers that change us from who we were to who God has called us to be. Uh, out of his heart, Jesus said, will flow rivers of living water. But then John puts a little parenthesis in there, and he says this, he spoke, Jesus spoke concerning the Spirit, that they which, that whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so when was that prophecy of Isaiah, when was that prophecy of Joel going to be fulfilled? The outpouring of the Spirit. And Jesus said, if you believe in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Well, John says, it wasn't yet at this point. It wasn't fulfilled yet at this point. This, this was still a little too early in God's timeline that because Jesus was not yet glorified, so the Holy Spirit was not yet given. The prophet Joel's prophecy had not yet occurred, but the time was coming very soon. And so Jesus lives his life and, and as ministering on this earth, and, and he goes to the cross, and he dies for our sins. He's buried, and the third day he rises again with all power and heaven and earth in his hand, and he gives his disciples some instructions in Luke 24 and, and Matthew 28, and, and, and we can read different verses of, about the instructions that Jesus gave to, to wait in Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. And then he levitates 
into heaven. That's pretty mind-blowing. Can you imagine? We think of the disciples and we kind of, we look down our nose at them sometimes. How come they didn't believe Jesus? What's wrong with those guys? Well, it's kind of interesting. If I were in their shoes, it's funny if you read this account in Scripture, the angel comes to them and, and says, why stand you gazing up into heaven? And I can just imagine myself, if I saw somebody, and I know it's Jesus, and, and I know he's, he's the Messiah, and I know he's, he's the Christ, the Son of the living God, and, but still, to see a, 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 a guy levitate into the sky, I think you and I would be... How do you do that? Wouldn't you be like that? Okay, I'm not the only one. Thank you. And so you can picture this, this like totally wowed look on the disciples' face and the angels there. And, 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 you know, there's angels there. And they didn't realize there was angelic visitation until they said, hey, you need to listen to Jesus, what Jesus said and go into Jerusalem. And so they do. And, and then we read in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. When, this is the when of the fulfillment of the prophecy of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord and in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them. And that to, to, in the Bible, that's the only time you'll find that bit of evidence of the Holy Ghost right there is that one time of tongues coming and appearing on people's heads. But then here is the sign that you will see every time that somebody is filled with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And verse 4 says they were all. Everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. That word utterance means plain enunciation. It was the Spirit of God that empowered those believers in Acts chapter 2 to speak in a language that they didn't learn in school, to speak in a language that they didn't understand themselves to, to speak. And it was as the Spirit of God it filled them, they began to speak in a language came out of them. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, and that tells me it's got to, I've got to say something. It's a sound. I can't receive the, the spirit of God. I can't to be a part of the fulfillment of this prophecy unless I'm willing to lift my voice. That's, that's why I encouraged everybody at the beginning tonight to lift up your voice when the time is right. Because God wants to fill our mouth if we will lift up our voice to him. I, I can't receive the Holy Ghost quiet. I can't pray in my mind and receive this prophecy, receive this gift. I, I must speak out of my mouth. I must. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. And all of the people that were around from different places in the world, they were all amazed and marveled and said, Weren't, aren't all these which speak like from South Devon? Sorry, that's not in the Bible. Galileans, right. 
But that's kind of the context of it. These, these guys are small town people. They, these guys aren't educated. These guys don't, and girls, sorry not to leave you out. These, these guys and gals don't, don't, they're just from some small area of Israel. How are they speaking in all these different languages? And they begin to name them Parthians, Medes, Elamites, and Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, and you could go on and on and on. Visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speaking in our own tongues, in our own languages, the wonderful works of God. What an amazing miracle. And they know that this is a supernatural event because these guys are just from South Devon. Anybody live in South Devon? I'm sorry. Just teasing, okay? So then they asked each other, what in the world does this mean? What does this mean? And some people said, these guys are just full of new wine. These guys have been at it too long. But Peter stands up with the 11 other disciples, and he raises his voice, and he says to them, men of Judea and all you who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you, and heed my words. These are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maid servants I will pour out of my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy and so now we can understand that that the fulfillment of what the prophet spoke in Isaiah and Joel was fulfilled in the events of Acts chapter 2 and then after a message of conviction after a message talking about who Jesus was and how he had gone to the cross and 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 died for for humanity the crowd responds to Peter and asks the question what shall we do what do I do with this reality now that I'm confronted with? This is inexplicable. This is inexplainable what I'm seeing before my eyes. And you're telling me that it's this Jesus of Nazareth who went to Calvary and died and was buried and rose again. And, and what do I do about that reality? What do I do in my life? These men and women in the crowd were feeling conviction. They were feeling pricked in their heart. They were feeling like, I, I, I've got some sin in my life. I've, there's some things that I've tried to sweep under the rug. There's some things that I've tried to turn and, and, and just kind of hide behind my back. There's some things that if anybody else knew, I would be ashamed. There's some things, if anybody else knew, my career would be over. There's some things that if anybody else knew, I was there when I, I chanted crucify him. I, I chanted kill him. I, I was there in that crowd 40, 50 days ago when, when Jesus hung on that tree. I was there and I feel the weight of that sin upon my life. And Peter gives the response that opens the door of salvation. When he says in Acts chapter 2 verse 38, he says repent. Everybody say repent. That means to change your mind and actions to follow God. That means I'm going to ask God to forgive me of all of my sins, everything that I feel ashamed of and, and, and I'm convicted of, and I'm going to turn to God and I'm going to say, God, you take all of them. I can't handle them anymore. I'm so sorry, and I want to live for you from now on. That's what repentance is all about. And, and, then, and then Peter goes on and he says, let every one of you, everybody point to yourself, say, that's me. 
Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. Baptism is that burial service for your old life. You've turned your back on it, and now it's going to be buried in water, never to, never to, be, to be remembered by God again. Every sinful act, every sinful thought, every sinful word, everything we didn't do that we should have done is, is, is wiped from God's memory banks when we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ and we come out of that water rising to walk in a newness of life this is the hope of the world church this is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ I can live a new life I don't have to be bound by my past anymore I don't have to be bound by sin anymore but I can be free my conscience can be clear I don't have to be bound anymore and all I've got to do is turn my heart to God all I've got to do is go down in the waters of baptism and then there is something that comes on the inside promised by, by Peter in Acts chapter 2 verse 38 when he says you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off even as many as the Lord our God shall call and if you're in the sound of my voice right now then God has called you and the gift of the Holy Ghost is for you the, 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 the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah the fulfillment of the prophecy of Joel is for you it's the Holy Ghost it's the Holy Spirit it's that other tongue that Isaiah talked about. It's that, that spirit that the prophet Joel spoke about. And it is the voice of God speaking through you. It is God speaking through. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost in this room. I wonder if any, there's any blood-bought Holy Ghost-filled believers in this room that could stand and testify that there's nothing like the power and the anointing and the blessing of the Holy Ghost. I wonder if there's anybody that would let the voice of many waters flow out of your spirit right now and just testify there's nothing like the Holy Ghost there's nothing like the Holy Ghost that's it release it out of your belly Jesus said shall flow rivers of living water Yes, yes, yes. There's power when you let the river flow. There's authority when you let the river flow. Blood-bought believer, there's, a, there's, a, there's an anointing when you let the river flow in your life. There's strength that you never thought you could get when you let the river flow in your life. There's wisdom that comes only from God that can be imparted to you when you let the river flow in your life. God wants to speak through you. So every time someone is filled with the Spirit of God in the Bible, you may be seated.
there was a significant external sign that came along with that experience of receiving the Spirit of God. There was something that was obvious to those around them. And every time that is recorded, it is the same experience, speaking in other tongues, as the Spirit gives the utterance. Tongues is not the Spirit, but it is the sign that the Spirit lives on the inside. I don't need to pursue tongues. I need to pursue God, and he will fill me with his Spirit. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 10, Acts chapter 19 all contain the new birth experience of people in the Old Testament and all point to this external sign confirming the infilling of the Holy Spirit. It is the only initial external sign in your Bible of the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It's the only one because God can speak through you. God can speak through you. That's amazing to me. And it's not just so we have a salvation experience. It's so much more than that. The Spirit of God on the inside is given for so much more. Romans 8, Jesus said that, or Paul said, likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. Anybody ever felt weak? And even after you were filled with the Holy Ghost, even after, if you, if you have the gift of the Holy Ghost, if we're honest, there's days when we're pretty weak in ourselves. There's days we're pretty weak. We don't think we can make it, but, but it's the Spirit that helps us in our weaknesses. That's why I need the Holy Ghost. I, I, can't, just, I can't just go two-thirds of the way through this new birth experience. I can't just repent of my sins and then be baptized in Jesus' name and then walk forward in, in complete victory. I need the gift of the Holy Ghost. I need him on the inside because in those days when I'm weak, he can make me strong. In those days when I fall short, he can make up the difference. I need the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because sometimes I don't know what to pray for about situations. I have no idea. But it's the Spirit that helps my infirmities and makes intercession for me with, with groanings which cannot be uttered. It's the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit in us, evidenced by speaking in other tongues. And, and by praying in the Spirit, we can pray prayers beyond our ability to understand. We can pray prayers beyond our ability to comprehend. We don't know how to pray so often. We've seen experience experiences just very recently in this church where we didn't know how to pray. We didn't know how God was going to come through. We didn't know how that life was going to be raised again. But as the church prayed and as the river flowed, that voice of many waters continued to bubble and continued to spring up and prayers were prayed that were beyond what we could understand and God worked a miracle. We don't know how to pray, but when we surrender ourselves to Jesus Christ, he knows what we need to pray. It's in the middle of giving instructions for how to worship and how worship gatherings should be done that Paul drops this little nugget when he says, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. Wow. Sounds a little braggadocious. Why did Paul speak in tongues as much as he could? Why? Because he, in the same chapter, verse number 4, 1 Corinthians 14, he says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That means to be a house builder. Edifies, to be a house builder. God wants to build our house on his spirit. 
When I allow the voice of God to speak through me, I am being built up into the person God called me to be. I'm called to be a man of God. I'm called to be a leader in my house. I'm called to be, and I can't do it on myself. I can't do it by myself, but God speaking in me. He can work things in me. He can remove things out of me. He can, he can take my heart, and he can transform it. Uh, he, can, he, can, he can transform my life by the power of the Holy Ghost. I need, I want to, don't want to, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ, so I want to speak in tongues as much as I can. I want to speak in tongues. I want the Holy Ghost to flow in my life as often as I can. I can't live without it. It's like that water that I need. I need a drink every day. I need a fill up every day. I need the Holy Ghost to flow in my life every day. Every day. Every day. The Holy Ghost is given for uh, that house builder, that, 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 that thing that can help us to become who God's called us to be. And he does it by teaching us by his spirit. In John 14, he said, I will not leave you comfortless, but I will come to you. And then verse 26, he says, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. There's some things we'll never understand spiritually until we have the Holy Ghost. Until we've received the gift of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Ghost. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Colossians 1 tells us that, that this Holy Ghost is, is Christ in you. The hope of glory. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, you receive the Spirit of Christ in you. And we become adopted into the family of God. Romans 8.11 says, If the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, then he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. I want to be made alive. That's what that word quicken means. I want to be made alive. And that Spirit is the agent in me that makes me come alive come alive come alive we sing that song come alive in the name of Jesus come alive in the name of Jesus this is the house of miracles well it's the spirit of God that makes the difference it's the spirit of God that makes us come alive it's a wonderful song but it's no amount of talent no amount of ability can make somebody come alive but when the Holy Ghost is released in the room then there is resurrection power released you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear but you've received the spirit of adoption whereby we cry Abba Father and that spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God and we can stand this evening I need the Holy Ghost anybody with me tonight I need the Holy Ghost I need the Holy Ghost and there's a multitude of believers that we see in heaven whose voice mirrors that of Almighty God. Revelation 19, verse number 6, it says, John writes, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. And I think back to Jesus when he said that he who believes in me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly will flow rivers of living water it is the voice of many waters 
And when I let the Spirit of God flow in my life and you let the Spirit of God flow in your life and, 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 and everyone in this room lets the Spirit of God flow in your life, this river becomes something that's unstoppable. This river becomes, it's the voice of many waters. There's nothing that can quench it. There's nothing that can stop it. There's nothing that can dam it up. There's nothing that can stop it up. It's the voice of many waters. And we need the Holy Ghost to flow in abundance in our lives, in abundance in our services, in abundance in our homes. We need many waters to flow beyond what we've ever had before. I need to dive deeper into what God's called me to than I ever have before. I need the voice of many waters to be released in my life. And when my rivers join with your rivers, then, then this world is turned upside down. So the challenge in the spirit tonight is to let your river flow. Let your river flow. Surrender to the spirit of God and just let him flow through you. We need the voice of many waters to speak through us by his spirit. We need the spirit of God. If you desire the Spirit of God tonight, maybe you've received the Spirit many times. Maybe you never have received the Spirit of God in your life. Uh, wherever you end up on that paradigm, I wonder if you could just lift your hand and say, I want the Spirit of God to flow in my life. I want the Spirit of God to flow in my life. And if you make that, that is an expression of desire, I'm going to ask you to come down around this altar tonight. Because just like Acts chapter 2, when the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, this can be another fulfillment. This will be another fulfillment of Acts chapter 2, when they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And if you want the Holy Ghost, I'm, I'm asking you and I'm encouraging you to come around this front as an expression of faith to say, I want that Holy Ghost experience. I want God living on the inside of me. I want the power of the Holy Ghost at work in my life. That's wonderful. Keep on coming. If, if you're already up here, why don't you just start to pray and just start to seek God and, and God wants to do a great work in our lives tonight. Hallelujah. That's wonderful. Keep on coming. They're still coming. Oh. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. That's wonderful. Keep on coming. Come on up as close as you can. There's some other space right here. If you're back in an aisle or something, you can keep on coming. Yes, Jesus. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. Now we're just going to do something very quickly at the beginning of this prayer time right now. We're going to ask God. We're going to repent, as Peter said. We're just going to repent. We're going to ask God to forgive us of all of our sins. You say, I've done that already. Well, we are, the Bible says that, that we need to do this every day. And so, so we just, we're going to do it again. It's okay. And so we're just going to ask God to forgive us of our sins. And we're going to commit our lives to him once again. Because God can't fill a filthy vessel. If there's anything in me that, 
that is sinful, if there's anything in me that's self-willed, if there's anything in me that, that then I, I have to give that to God because God is not going to take the throne of a life where I'm on the throne. So I have to repent and say, God, you're on the throne. And then he has an open space to fill. And so we're going to pray. And you pray in your own words. I'm going to pray through this microphone. But you can pray in whatever words you want to pray in, whatever language you want to pray in. If, if, if English is not your mother tongue, just pray in whatever language you want to right now. Lord, I thank you, Jesus for the gospel. I thank you, Jesus, that I can have hope today. I pray that you would forgive me of every sin, everything that I've thought, everything that I've said, everything that I've done, Lord, that wasn't right and, and that wasn't like you. And, and I turn my life over to you today. I, I turn my attention to you. Lord, I give you everything that I have today. And I want you, Lord, to be on the throne of my life. I want you to reign in my life, Lord. Be the ruler of my heart. Lord God, I worship you. And I thank you for forgiving me of every sin. I thank you for forgiving me of every mistake. I thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Just, if, if you feel just to repent a little bit more, we're going to give you another few seconds here just to say, God, I give it all to you. I give it all to you. Everything, everything, everything. I give everything to you. Hallelujah. Everything is yours, God. Everything is yours, Jesus. I love you. I worship you. I love you. Hallelujah. Yes, Jesus. That's so wonderful. That's so wonderful. If you prayed a prayer of repentance right there, and God is about to pour out his spirit in your life. The Bible tells us that God inhabits, he lives in the praise of his people. And so if we want to receive the Holy Ghost, we don't want to seek for the gift of tongues. We don't want to seek. We just want to praise God and thank God and say, God, I thank you for what you've done for me. I thank you for the gift of the Holy Ghost. I thank you for everything. And, and, and as you, we begin to worship him, we begin to feel the presence of God, and, and he will begin to speak through us in a language you never learned before. And as we surrender everything to God, he will fill your mouth. I'm excited about it. And it's all right if you feel to like go to pray with somebody, please do so. God's about to pour out his spirit. And I wonder if we could just, as one body, we talked about the voice of many waters. From the front to the back, side to side, we all have a part to play in this. To let the Holy Spirit flow through us and in us.
and we're just going to pray and thank God. And, 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 and I, we're just going to worship him. I, there's no, no other way to say it. And we're going to sing a little bit. But I wonder if you could just lift up your voice. And I'm just going to start worshiping God through this microphone. And you just begin to worship God in your voice. And God is going to fill you. Lift up your voice in the sanctuary. And bless the Lord today. Lord, I worship you. I worship you today. I love you, Jesus. I thank you. Lord, I love you. I praise you. I worship you, Jesus. I love you, God. Hallelujah. 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 I worship you, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Yes, yes. I give all to you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. That's it, church. Let the river flow. Let the river flow tonight. Let the river flow. Every believer, let the Spirit of God flow through you. Make this an atmosphere of new birth. Make this an atmosphere of new birth tonight. Yeah, la ba sha ka da la la ma ma da la 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 ba sa ta ba ha ye.